from Popeyes and Glamour Shots comes a film featuring Razzie-nominated and Oscar-winning actress Faye Dunaway's eyes. That's true, but we do find out later, after the, the, the nuts opened, that the spell's broken, right? That the spider is let out of the nut. <laughs> okay, can we explain that real quick? <laughs> Why don't you just put that context? Go, go for it, Barrel. Hundreds of movies are released every year. Some are good. Some are great. And many of them are really, really bad. We seek out those rare gems that are so bad, they're actually good. At least when you watch them with friends. Sit back and laugh with us as we share our completely unqualified reviews of some of the worst films of our lifetimes. This is Bad Movies, Worst Reviews. Bad Movies, Worst Reviews. Bad Movies, Worst Reviews. Hello, welcome back to Bad Movies, Worst Reviews. We just finished watching Supergirl. I'm Bracken. I'm Nate. I'm Ben. I'm Barrel, cousin of Jorel. And we've got producer Danny over here. All right. Well, um, so this movie, to get uh, get us started, well, let's get into the plot a little bit, uh, and then I'll we can get into production and all the okay. other stuff. So. Uh, that we start just like we did with Superman. Uh, Superman. This is a spinoff of the Superman movies, right? So where does it fall in the Superman okay. movies? Yeah. So first there was Superman the movie. Okay. Followed by Superman 2. Followed by Superman 3. Okay. Starring Richard Pryor. Don't forget that. Right. And then a year later, uh, in 1984, Supergirl comes on the scene. Okay. So this is kind of a spinoff. Uh, it was supposed to originally have some kind of appearance with Christopher Reeve in it uh, as Superman, but uh, that ultimately does not happen. Okay. Uh, so it's a spinoff. Uh, so we, we take place, this is Supergirl, you know, Krypton's been destroyed in Superman lore, but uh, part of uh, Krypton uh, lives on in the city of Argo, uh, which I guess in this movie takes place in inner space, <laughs> not outer space, somewhere where Krypton is. Inner space. Inner space is... In a lake, right? <laughs> I guess. Oh, lakes, wait, what, lake Michigan? Is that the lake yeah, that's lake in Michigan, Chicago? It must be. It must be in inner space lake, lake yeah. Michigan. Not to be confused with Dennis Quaid. <laughs> right, inner space. Yeah. So, this is a thing. Okay, so let, let me just get this on the table. <laughs> I loved the Superman movies growing up as a kid. Love, love, love them. Especially Superman 1 and 2. Superman 3, to a certain extent. Uh, so I went as a young kid, I remember fondly going and seeing Supergirl in the movie theater thinking I would, you know, this is going to be great, you know? Uh, and <sighs> there's a little side there. So I, I had some mixed feelings about this movie. It's not great. Right. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, there's some things about it I really, really love. Uh, and I had the crew watch the intro to Superman right before we watched the movie. Yeah. And I just wanted to get this on the table as, you know, we were just to remind everybody that in the opening of Superman, the movie, there's the uh, credits and there's the soaring uh, John Williams music. Yeah. And it's amazing. Some right. We all best. know it. I it's, love it. it's, 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 you, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's perfect. Yes. Right. So good. It's so great. And this movie 
is its own thing. It's yep. not Superman, right? So it doesn't deserve Superman's theme. I get that. <laughs> right. But there's a part of me that wishes that there's still John Williams' score in this movie. Yes, I agree. Now, I've looked online, and this the score of this movie is actually very well received. Mm-hmm. And it's been released. People have bought it. So It's really liked. It's pretty decent. I think as we were watching it, we were actually saying, you know, it, I mean, it's effective. Right? On, on I its mean, own, you, it's good. Yeah, you, like, you, you know, you, it, she's got her own theme music, you know, and it's not quite as powerful as Superman's, but, you know, and if in you a Hello were... Kitty version of Superman, it's... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if you were not familiar with Superman's score, so, like, maybe if our children had watched this movie before they watched oh, right. Superman, the music was fine on its own. Yes. Yep. We were just expecting... Superman. Superman's theme to come in at some point. Right, and absolutely. They, and they tease it a little bit with because it's a very similar. It is. So when I went and saw this in the theater as a kid, I remember sitting there in the theater and the opening credits comes up and I'm thinking to myself, this music's not the same. This is not <laughs> right. But So it's good music, but it's yeah. just not the same. It's kind of a cheaper shadow of Superman. Right. And unfortunately, I think... Although there's some amazing things in this movie, this movie overall is kind of a, a shadow of the Superman movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, specifically one and two, which I which are great. So we start on the credits. We go into Argo City. I'm going to get into the plot here. Uh, so can I just mention yeah. a fact that I found out about those credits? Yes. It, it costs $1 million for the opening credits. What? Of, of, this, <laughs> of this movie? Of this movie. Yes. $1 million. That's right. A budget of $35 million for, for Supergirl. Yeah. Uh, the original Superman movie had a budget of $55 million back in 78. And that's that could be disputed because they actually shot Superman 1 and 2 At the same in time. tandem. Right. Or a majority of, of, of two with number one. Lord of the Rings. Um, that's right. Yes. A million dollars just for the credits alone. Yeah. Uh, Do I, we know I, Why? Well, I think I think graphics were a lot harder to do yeah. back in 1983, Maybe they used computers. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, again, I, I thought it was good for what it was. Yeah. Having not seen the Superman logo 30 seconds earlier, right. I would have said, that's really cool. Again, it, it, it's like the music. It's like, I mean, it's... Kara is a distant cousin of Superman. So it's, it's yeah. like the movie is like that. Everything about it is like a well, generation separated. So I'll tell you, so, though... There is nothing special about them. Like, the, uh, it's smoke and chrome text. It's chrome text flying through. I mean, it doesn't yeah. even look as good as the Superman one no, from I, a couple years earlier. So, yeah, I, I guess know. the, but the real anyway. question now that you brought up costs, real quick before we get back to the plot, the question I pose for you guys is million dollars for the credits, 33 million on the lights for Faye Dunaway's eyes? Yeah, I think that's about <laughs> right. <laughs> That's fair. So, pretty good sized budget. I think the production values are pretty strong in this movie. If yeah. I could, you know, they didn't hold I agree. back. Yeah. You know, this movie was not well received. Uh, I mean, we could get into. Should we? Should we talk about? Let's just get the overview. The story the, over with. Right, okay, let's <laughs> get into the story. So, I'll do the five minute recap of the story yeah. overview. It starts in Argo City. Uh, the power source of Argo City, which keeps them alive, is called the Omega Hedron. And Supergirl, Helen Slater's character, uh, what's her name? It's Kara. Kara. Kara L. Kara Kara, Kara Kara L. Her and uh, Zoltar, which yep. is played by Peter O'Toole, uh, make 
a faux pas and the Omega Hadron basically leaves uh, Argo City and goes off out of inner space towards Earth. And now she has to go and get it back or everybody in Argo City is going to die. And they've got maybe three <laughs> three days to live, right? They say <laughs> right, a couple of days. So, okay, we get it. So she goes off in this little dome, which is, again, I feel like it's a, like a cheap shadow version of when uh, Superman Kal-El is launched, in the launched little, with his star baby. in the ship. Yeah. It's all kind of an echo or a... Yeah, a shadow of this I mean, better like movie. A cousin, perhaps, of <laughs> Superman. I guess it could be considered <laughs> a cousin. In yeah. fairness, you know, Kal-El was a baby. She was a teenager, so her ship had to be a little bit bigger. Yeah. True. It just looks cheaper. It's like a little yeah. dome. Anyway, so she goes off. I mean, she didn't have Marlon Brando as her dad. So. That's true. We don't really know who her, her, her mom is Mia Farrow, and yeah. her dad, I don't know. I, I, don't, I hadn't recognized her. I don't her. know. Although well, they look either. the same age as her. It wasn't right. Woody Allen, I'll tell you that. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so she goes off to Earth. Some uh, British guy, though. Yeah, some British guy. Uh, the Omega Hedron lands into a bowl of cheese, queso, queso, <laughs> queso next to a, a tiger, uh, tiger rug, rug, tiger skin rug, which is part of Faye Dunaway's character Selena's uh, picnic. Picnic basket. And she's there on a date with her witch uh, warlock boyfriend. Snape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty Slash, much Snape. Yeah. Math uh, teacher. Math teacher Snape. Yes. And <laughs> she discovers this thing. It just comes out of the, the air. And uh, it's, it's uh, the Omega Hydron. Were you referring to this as uh, Boat? Bodai. Speaking of cousin. cousins, it's Bodai's yeah, cousin. We, we thought that there were a lot of references here with the, yeah, all the other movies this we've movie, so This far. movie was like the vortex of all the it films is. that we yeah. watched. It's the singularity so, of bad movies. Yeah. The Omega Hedron. Is just a ball, so it's that a glowing ball that in, spins in circles. Yeah, black yeah. and white glows a little bit, and yeah. it's, it definitely spins in someone's hand. It's not as big as Bodai. I mean, it, no, no, it's smaller, right? Yes. So okay, so uh, Helen Slater follows uh, the Omega Hydron to Earth, but she comes up through the water. Uh, she comes up through a lake or the ocean uh, where inner space is. So yeah. it doesn't really. There's a lot of transitions in the movie where it doesn't quite explain how she gets to where she's going or <laughs> how her clothes change from her super girl yeah. costume to a regular costume, things like that. So you just have to kind of go with it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so she shows up, she's looking for the Omega Hedron and she realizes, you know, the people in Argo City, they've only got a three or four days to live. I'm going to go ahead and enroll in this school. <laughs> and uh, she she has a Fitbit that tells her when she's close to the Omega. And head she run. never so okay. So this is the thing. So Christopher Reeve is supposed to star in this movie, just make a cameo appearance as part of the storyline. Right. And they have it him written in where he makes an appearance at the beginning, and he gets sick or loses his powers or something, and Supergirl has to save him at the end. So mm-hmm. it kind of book ends the storyline. Well, Christopher Reeve. Shoots Superman 3, and he gets... I don't know why. I tried to do the research to find out why he didn't. It sounds like so, he was he was not happy with 
the poor reception of three. With the poor reception yeah. well, of no, no, three. No, no, no. So and... Super th- Superman three hadn't actually been released yet when this went into production. So there was the maybe he was making somewhere in time. Yeah, I don't know. From what I understand, with four, he wanted to be in creative control of things, and I assume that there was a whole mess of three didn't go the way that I wanted it to go, and I want to tell this other story. Well, I hope and... that he wasn't involved with four. Yeah, well, we we're, we'll talk about four maybe on another episode. We'll yeah. leave it at that. But at the point where Superman three is made, uh, he's finishing a production, and Superman, a Supergirl. Uh, is starting to whip into con- into production, and he pulls out two months before they go into shooting. So they have to do some scrambling and change a little bit on the storyline yeah. and pull Superman out. And perhaps it would have been a much better film uh, with the sto- with Superman making an appearance. Uh, at best, we get a poster of him in uh, a, a dorm room, basically. Yeah. Well, he gets a call out in the car, too. Like, the radio. Yeah, they talk about he's, he's half-second so blur. This movie him. is definitely in the same universe yep. as Superman, and you can tell by the production values there's a lot of the same special effects sounds mm-hmm. Jimmy and Olsen. things like that. And Jimmy Olsen does make an appearance, which I find very good. Yep. I, I think it's it's nice that they brought him in and tied those, uh, those universes it together. It makes it really feel like it's part of the Superman universe. So he pulls out and that kind of just throws everything off in the movie. So you start to, there's some plot holes that just don't make sense because (laughs) Supergirl, even when she's in Argo city, she's referring to her cousin who's in earth. And there's just a lot. It's like, how does she know where Superman is? And then it, you're kind of start starting to ask like, well, I'm starting to get to feel like maybe he's writing postcards to her. (laughs) <laughs> or some yeah, kind of so letters. Let's just talk I, about that. Okay. She, she lands, first of all, because you, you've, you've kind of mentioned these things, but I don't want to just gloss over them. She comes from inner space, comes out of some whatever water, and she is, is wearing the Supergirl costume. costume outfit, yeah. Right? Yeah. The blue and red yeah. with uh, the costume. S on her chest. It's her. Uh, that is clothes. not what she was wearing in Argo City or no. whatever it is. She no. was wearing like a nightgown. Or something. All white or oh, yeah. silvery. Yeah. And so think of the tree Jesus people in Solar Babies. Yeah, very yes. very yes, similar. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she comes out, she's wearing this costume. We don't know where it comes from. She she's does, not wet. She does flex on screen for <laughs> yes. like one second and then bursts out of the water. Yes. That's true. Yeah. She lifts her arms up and we like, see her I'm silhouette ready to break of her. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Flexing and then she flies out. Where did the spaceship go? <laughs> That she was flying in. It disappeared. It's at the bottom of well, that's, Lake Michigan. That's what I, I thought it was at the bottom of the lake. And I was like, oh, it must have crashed there. But then later in the movie, at the end of the movie, she dives back into the water to get to, to get save Argo to City. So right. I, I'm confused. And how does she get there if she doesn't so, have superpowers in Argo yeah, City? Right. Yeah. Yeah. In Argo City, her friend Peter O'Toole is making a thing and he calls it a tree. And she says, what's a tree? Like, she doesn't know anything about Earth, right? She gets to Earth, and she knows her cousin's name is Superman. Where he works. Where he works, and that his secret identity is is Clark Clark Kent. Kent. Yeah. But (laughs) there's no way for her to know that unless, like Bracken says, (laughs) Superman's writing postcards home and telling them. I can't think of another way. Dear How else Cara, the trees are so magical on Earth. Love, Kent. No. Love, love. He didn't tell her about the trees because she doesn't know what those are. Or the horses. <laughs> right. Yeah. So 
she enrolls in school. She becomes, uh, she uses Clark Kent's, she gets, a, she fakes a letter from him. <laughs> right. Uh, she uh, types it really, really fast. fast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she must know his address or something because and she And how to use a typewriter. And, and how the form of a letter and all that. Anyway, uh, you know. And what to say in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> she gets she gets admitted to the school without any tuition. And she also gets put in as a roommate just by coincidence. Coincidence yeah. to uh, Lucy Lane, who is Lois Lane's younger sister. But like screwball kind of sister. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so they start talking and they become fast friends. Mm-hmm. Like Within seconds. Instantly. Well, it, it seemed weird, too. Like, almost like there should have been a scene, because they were, like, they were almost playing off each other. Like, it was like a wink, wink, nod. Like, I don't know you. I'm meeting you for the first time. Yeah. But they like, totally seemed like there was a joke. Was, like, was yeah, a, we met last week, remember? Was there a cut the scene? principal or something. Well, yeah. they were making fun of the, the fact that her name is Linda. She goes by the name Linda Lee. Yeah. And then it's Lucy Lane. And so, and the, know, and the principal gets it mixed up. Yeah. Yes. And there's a lot of alliteration. And so it, they make it fun. And it is comic books. Yeah. yeah. It is comic books. And there are a lot of those scenes yeah. and, yeah. Uh, you know, comedy in this movie. Yeah. We'll get back to that okay. later, but we'll get on with a five minute storyline plot. I better get quick going. <laughs> so they're playing uh, softball. The, no, no, the field hockey. Field, field hockey. hockey. I'm sorry. Well, no, she wakes oh, up well, and they're playing softball. They're yeah, playing softball. That's before, that's before she goes, before she joins, before she goes, goes to the school. the school. You know, I just occurred to me. That they are, <laughs> there is a lot are, of establishing they, that happens in those first they five are playing, minutes. They're on two different teams. All of those girls. Yes. They're playing field hockey and soft. Maybe they were just doing PE. Maybe, Maybe it's a sports it academy. All right. Yeah. Anyway, sports and math academy. Uh, there's this guy who's cutting trees down named Ethan. And <laughs> Selena. Now, where where the, do you know him from? So he's the bad uh, uh, guy. For, well, not the bad guy, but he's uh, the... Like the slick He's the slimy slick. exec from Die Hard. Absolutely. His name's That's... Hart Bachner. Bubby. Yes. Hey. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, so he's the love interest. Bubby. He's he's got his shirt off. He's cutting off a trim, uh, a tree tr- uh, limb, and of course, uh, Selena drives by and notices him, and the Omega Hedron goes crazy. I guess it likes. It's him. tied to her. And so she's she realizes this is the guy for me. I must. Make him love me, and so she goes. She into wants a, to take over the world, and yes. somehow making him y- using magic with her, using magic and witchcraft, and she's harnessing the power of the Omega Hedron yep. to get her magic to work mm-hmm. and enslave the lawn service guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she <laughs> she gets obsessed with him. She makes a potion to make him fall in love with her. You know, the per, the first person you look at after you drink it. Well, sort uh, of. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she falls in love. So she's obsessed with getting Ethan to like her, and yet he ends up falling in love with Linda Lee, yeah. of course. And so Linda Lee has to save him. And uh, Selena is what's that? Yeah. What's her name? Selena. Selena. Selena yeah. is jealous of of Linda Lee getting in the way because she wants this gardener for herself and so she's determined to get rid of her but supergirl keeps saving her right and then i'm not quite sure what sparks everything else after that i mean it's just like she keeps getting more and more powerful selena selena yeah she's she and then she ultimately 
uh, I mean, I'm skipping ahead, but she ultimately puts Supergirl yeah. into the Phantom Zone. Right. Uh, and uh, Selena, you know, is starting to take over the world. She's got her minions, and she's got a big castle on a mountain <laughs> like, side. Like Jafar does with yeah, the genie. Up on top, up on top of a mountain that was not there before. Right, right in the of town, town. <laughs> of this little Midvale town, which is, you know, a couple streets. So, uh, Selena, so Supergirl has to get out of uh, the Phantom Zone, and Zoltar's there, and he, because he's been banished because of what he did to help to get rid of the Omega Hedron, and so he ultimately dies. Uh, she gets out of the Phantom Zone by climbing through a, a, a really... Hole. A whole small little crevice doesn't really make sense since we we know that General Zod and and Ursa and seems like it was Zod real easy to get out and, and Grodd or whatever his name was I can't even remember the third guy's name yeah. in Superman two they weren't able to get out you'd think they were they were a lot smarter too yeah. and they would have been able to get out but anyway Supergirl gets back confronts uh, Selena defeats She's, her yeah. and all is well and Supergirl goes back to uh, Argo City with the Omega Hedron and the all, is, all is saved, right? Yep. Okay. The lights come back on. Lights come back on, yes. So, <laughs> roll so, credits. Roll yeah. credits. So, some and of the things scene. about this movie that are a little bit different than, say, a regular Superman movie mm-hmm. is that <laughs> there's magic used in this yes. rather than like science, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman's very based in science and traveling through the cosmos and all that kind of stuff and this is very much more of a fairy tale yeah mm-hmm. in fact uh the 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 director looked at this movie as more of a fairy tale story than uh the way superman was told right yeah, well, what, what were some of the movies that we were calling out as we were watching it there was like the never-ending story yeah there was troll I, mean, I called out willow, <laughs> willow for a couple scenes for yeah like the Falling in love with That's whatever right. faces. Mad Mardigan uh, and Sorcha. Yeah. I thought the Vortex, when they were in the Phantom Zone, leaving it was reminded me of The Wizard of Oz, which okay, I think there right. were a lot okay. of references to The Wizard of Oz, right. where she's leaving her home city, city to another world and has these friends and has to defeat the Wicked Witch right. and kind of return home. Yeah. Like I mean, definitely fairy tale stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Bracken, you mentioned what you thought this movie's target market was. I, I was going to say it's that I, I really felt like the demographic for this movie was young preteen girls. Yeah. Why do you think that? Because, so at the very beginning in, in the movie, uh, Argon, Argon City? Argo. Argo. Argo, thank you. I'm, I'm losing my mind now. <laughs> she creates a dragonfly out of this artistic thing, mm-hmm. which is very much a... Magic wand. Uh, yeah, magic wand thing. Uh, very much a young girl Colorful. would love that. Yeah. Colorful, dragonfly. beautiful, like a yep. like almost like a butterfly, but right. it's a dragonfly. But it flies around like a mosquito. Let's yeah, it does. It is, right? <laughs> it's a little it's not, terrifying. It's not as cute. It is a little disturbing. Uh, <laughs> and it does cause the whole problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she's also, like, she'll fly over a herd of... Uh, running horses. Running horses, which I think yeah. is just a super, like, a girly thing. Yeah. And uh, a couple other things. Well, there's um, the whole ballet scene. There's the ballet do, She does this air ballet when she first comes out, and there's this music playing, and she's like dancing in the air and yes. <laughs> flying around. You got the the shirtless guy with the saw. <laughs> the romance is very teenager-y. Yeah, teenager romance. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Except for 
the scene when they're in the all girls school and everybody's running around in their bra tops. And so <laughs> that was well, like where it's appealing to the preteen is that boys. Like bring your boyfriend <laughs> with right. your preteen yeah. girl. You're right. It just that's a little weird, but it is an all girls school. Yep. And then the boldest brass, the principal guy, just walking into the dorm. Yeah. 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 All of the teachers are males. <laughs> all of the administration are guys. There's a drunk lady who's like their, oh, their yeah. resident the aide or whatever. Their RA. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes like that. The typical uh, drunk, uh, you know. Guard, security guards. person. Yes. Whatever. And it's very comic booky, right? I wondered if this movie was making, was it taking itself really seriously? Or when it had these moments, was it self-aware? What what were your thoughts? I mean, I think the whole Superman universe is a little playful. You know what I mean? It's it's not like Batman where it's like super dark, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Superman has always kind of been playful with the way that he does things. The way it's supposed to be. This was, it played to that, I would say. Superman 2 and 3, Richard Lester's influence on the franchise, absolutely a little bit more humor than, say, the Richard Donner in the very first one. But even the Richard Donner had a little bit of humor here and there. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely not jumping away from comic books. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, the, this Fortress of Solitude is much lighter than, say, the Batcave. Totally. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and So let's talk about some of the cast members because I, I was really interested in what your thoughts were on, like, uh, Faye Dunaway and her, okay. her performance. <laughs> Wait, was she in it? I just saw some eyelashes and some was, really was good the rest of Was her body in it or was it just her face? Yeah, so that is by far the most distracting thing to me in this entire film is is the lighting on Faye Dunaway's face. Because it like was total glamour shots. Like her whole head is in shadow, but then there's like a spotlight that's just on her eyes or just on the middle of her face. Always, even though somebody standing right next to her, her imaginary friend... <laughs> throughout the film standing right next to her the lighting is not the same on her there and the thing here's the thing that uh i noticed this before watching this movie i watched the making of this movie on youtube and uh she starts off by introducing it i'm faye dunaway and this is about the making of a motion picture. And so she's totally not on set. She's just like standing there and she's got the same glamour shots thing. Then later on, uh, in between scenes, they're interviewing her. (laughs) (laughs) So she's off uh, stage. She's just sitting there out of character and she's got the same lighting on her face while they're talking to her about the making of the movie, (laughs) you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, is this just for her there you know because they're making the making of it that she's doing this lighting then all throughout this entire movie the same lighting it's like i guarantee you it was in her contract that hey this is the lighting that i demand i mean she has a reputation for being a diva she was a trouble on set absolutely she so faye dunaway is got top billing just like gene hackman had billing over christopher reeve in superman Mm -hmm. right uh and She's the star. Yeah. So she's going to get what she wants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've heard many horror stories about uh, Faye Dunaway on productions. Uh, and honestly, I wondered if she was really performing as a different character. She was just, <laughs> just playing. She was just being Faye. She was just being Faye. And just, they didn't, you know, she didn't know that she was being shot. But uh, Eric Roberts style. 
So we talked about the budget, thirty-five million. Yeah. One million went to the intro. Right. How many millions do we say went to the lighting just for her face? Yeah. Like there's probably a 20. lighting crew, <laughs> bunch of lights. Yes. Oh or maybe gosh. she. Maybe that's just how she looks. She's yeah. always you just walk. You see her walking down the street. Oh, there's a glamour. Is there a glamour shot studio? Oh, it's just fade anyway. The two things <laughs> she maybe, asked for. Maybe her stare just bores into your soul. Yeah, right. There, there was a. She has a line where when Supergirl confronts her and says, "Like you think that everyone should be serving you," yeah, and she says, "Everyone should be serving me, including you." And we were all like, "Is this was this an ad lib line?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's in my contract. Listen, you 19-year-old upstart piece of crap. You work yeah. for me. <laughs> my right. name is on this. Yeah. Supergirl might be the title, but this is my movie. <laughs> so the the director is Gino Zwark. Geno. Geno. Geno Swark. Thank you. I, it, it's French. Yes. He is from France. And I am a big fan, by the way, because he the also France? directed Jaws 2, Jaws which 2. I actually I love Jaws, and I am a big believer in Jaws 2. If you don't like Jaws 2, don't talk to me. I'm not your friend. Uh, we'll be doing Jaws 2. Hey, later. I love Jaws 1. No. Jaws 2 is a great movie. Uh, and I could I could go on a whole riff on that, hey, but I, I won't. Hey, I have a question. But he if also... Jaws was killed at the end of Jaws. No, 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 no. Stop. Spoiler alert. Stop. It's a great it sequel. It came from inner space. So, it's Jaws cousin. But you know what? We... I suspect that we will be visiting the world of Jaws and Jaws the Revenge, maybe. Uh, so anyway, uh, he directed that, but he also directed Somewhere in Time, right. which is also a pretty decent movie. Mm-hmm. Also a Christopher Reeve movie. It is. And yeah, you think that was a coincidence? Yeah. I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think there was some kind of connection there. So I, I noticed when I was looking at uh, a lot of the crew on this uh, cast and crew that several of these people also like continued in the Superman universe with things like Smallville and the Supergirl TV show and stuff. Like they all did things. This, I mean, Geno Swark directed several episodes of Smallville, you know, so it's like they, they still stay in the universe. And Helen Slater is Supergirl's adopted mom. Yeah, in the TV yeah, show. yeah absolutely. In, right. They uh, Smallville got a <laughs> reputation for making sure that they continued on and would ask certain people that played characters in the original movies to come aboard and Christopher right. Reeve even and yeah and I think uh I, I can't remember the actress's name uh she Fade played Lana Lang in Superman 3 she oh, showed right. up yeah. and there's several she different people that mo- she played the mom yeah something. she's yeah. several people that showed yeah. up again later in Smallville and some of the other yes and on to Supergirl today that the tv series so so I was just gonna say uh, Gino Zwark sorry uh he was going to cat he said in the in the uh in the behind uh, the scenes yeah behind the scenes that he didn't re- want to hat cast anybody else but rumor has it that he uh that dolly parton was going to be originally asked to be uh selena, selena. in the movie i, I, I totally saw a list vibe. of people that were considered yeah do you do you remember some of those people yeah um let's see uh, hold on, I've got it written down. Oh, it's on my Dolly other... Parton, though? Dude, she would, that would have been, like, a so, totally different vibe. Thinking 9 to 5? Yeah, right. <laughs> hold on. I, I don't know what Dolly Parton turned it down. I have Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Goldie Hawn was That's also right. uh, turned it That's down. That's right. Uh, these are big names. But 
Uh, the director said that he was no Faye Dunaway was the v- only person that he wanted. I got all there was uh, also yeah. a report that you know because she was trouble on the set, uh, they came to Faye Dunaway and told her, "Hey, you are. We can make this film without you. You are replaceable." And they were considering Angelica Houston to replace her, even so. Uh, yeah, that there were a lot cool. of people that who good. Yeah, a lot of people could have done it. I thought it was interesting that Dolly Parton turned it down because she said she could never play a witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Dolly's too wholesome. I, yeah, like, right. I wouldn't yeah, buy it. I couldn't. Yep. I can't picture her it's in that role. <laughs> what were you gonna say before? Oh well, I was just gonna say I was reminded that so my daughters love the Supergirl TV show. So when I said the film we're watching is Supergirl, they panicked. I'm like, it's not the show. It's a movie from like the, <laughs> from the early to mid 80s. They're like, this show's a bad they're movie. They're like, oh, we love Supergirl. I'm like, no, no, no. It's not, it's, we're not, we're not, it's not bad TV shows, worst reviews. We're doing bad movies. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I have a question. Sure. Go for it. Okay, just before, I need someone to really break down uh, the relationship. Supergirl and what's his name? Ethan. Ethan. Before you're done. Okay. Just gotta know. We'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Because there's maths involved. Right. (laughs) I just wanted to cover some other things. Helen Slater. So she was an unknown, just like Christopher Reeve when he was cast as Superman. Uh, They found her in New York. Uh, She was 19 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they had like 30 other girls come in that they saw. Lots of people. They had considered Brooke shields for this role melanie griffith was also considered at one point and they just kept coming back to helen slater and i have to say helen slater did a great job yeah, she, she was so she good was, it was yeah, it was great i didn't have any complaints about her right. at all i yeah, mean i think she was really script, awesome. nothing that she could control script script, right. script yeah, aside yeah, right you know she played the character well uh linda lee's kind of naive a little bit on earth mm-hmm. and uh she she does a great job of that and she's also strong and tough and did uh the the flying, believable, and yep. I thought was really solid. Totally. Yeah, she also was... looked heroic when she needed to. Yeah, yeah she, so did. she totally. She did that whole, like, I'm a nerd Clark Kent versus thing versus I'm a superhero, Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Absolutely. she was amazing. I thought she was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she would go on to uh, be in uh, The Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox in 1986, among other things. And I believe she has been on the Supergirl TV show. Mm-hmm. I have not watched the Supergirl yeah, TV show. Yeah, she's the adoptive mom, mom Eliza Danvers. She's a regular on that, yep. yep. Uh, John Travolta had been considered as Ethan, the love interest. Oh, I thought you were going to say Supergirl. Uh, <laughs> he, it turns out he was actually not very good at cutting down tree branches, so they passed on him. Like, you cannot <laughs> hold that saw. Demi Moore was slated to portray Supergirl's best friend, Lucy Lane. Yeah. But Moore good. walked away from the project at the last moment. Uh, even actor Dudley Moore was offered $4 million to take on the role of Zoltar. Oh, that would have been great. Uh, but he, he did, however, suggest that Zwar consider... Uh, actor Peter Cook for for the role of Nigel. So okay. he, he Cook did make the, the cut. Um, we even had an appearance by Max Hedrum, but uh, as a rapist, yeah, uh, truck driver. Uh, let's let's talk about this this rapes ra- rapist scene or yeah. whatever. Who wants to talk talk so, about that? So uh, I'll set it up. Not I. <laughs> <laughs> Barrel so, does not go there. <laughs> so Supergirl has just come out of the water and uh she's walking down i guess she she goes to midvale um and she's walking down the street at night in the dark and a 
She's just like looking around. She went like, by the coffee shop and yeah, she's like looking at everything because it's stuff she's never seen before. It's all new, you know. And she's just like in awe. And then this big, uh, this big rig comes up behind her with its lights on um, because she's standing in the middle of the road. And these two guys come out, and uh, it's one of them is Max Headroom. Uh, I don't remember his name. Do you remember his name, Bracken? It's Max. <laughs> the actor. <laughs> yeah, right. Matt, we'll just call Matt him. Frewer. Oh, Matt Frewer. Thank you. Yep. Uh, so uh, these the two truckers thing? come out and they're like uh, lifting up her skirt and stuff. And she's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, this is how we do it. This is just the way we are. Yeah, yeah this is the way we are. Come on. Why are you getting mad? And so she beats the crap out of him, kicks one between the legs and sends him flying and blows the other one with her her super breath which she just discovered she had right oh we didn't talk about her powers that she explores <laughs> yes anyway we, so we, we can so she beats up she we'll beats up around. the the rapists and uh they're like hey uh how about we don't ever talk about this with anyone <laughs> it's like as opposed to like telling everybody, "Hey, we found this costume girl that we totally raped." <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyway, that was uh, good for her, but she uh, fought back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in, let's... in the making of the movie, the, the director talked about how that was important for her to realize that you know, not everyone was kind and, right. and nice. They weren't all good, people. like from Argo City, but that there was this world that was had a lot of fallen people that were not really right good right? though i feel like there's probably better ways to show that like so was this before or after she falls asleep in the woods because I, I can't remember like are these the first humans she meets this has to be before this is the first human yeah, she talks to like, she escapes the first night wakes up. This is the first night yeah. so it's not just establishing that uh that there are not just good people here but Everybody on Earth is bad because these yeah. are the first people that she's met and yeah, they're horrible I, individuals. I think she comes out of the water, ballet she, flies she around, does a water thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, then goes to sleep, wakes or or is it? Well, no, so she does her like tour of the Earth where she like flies, flies over mountains with the and majestic flies with horses and yeah. does she super breath the flower alive? No, she uses her chlorophyll vision. Oh, yeah, she's her heat vision to... Yeah, Superman, one of Superman's powers is his laser beam eyes, right? His, what would you call Which she also has. Yeah, she has all of the powers that Superman has, and the first thing she does is she picks a little flower that's a bud, like a little daisy, that's just a bud. It hasn't opened up, blossomed up, and she goes cross-eyed on it and... And it hits grows. it with a laser, and instead of catching it on fire, it opens up. It blooms. And, and see, this was another example for me of why this was geared toward little girls, right? right? Yeah. Because this is like she's using her superpowers not to destroy things, but to, to make, make things beautiful, beautiful and kind. And right. She's a tender soul. Yeah. Yeah. But then she falls asleep in the woods, and she but... wakes up to the sound of a softball game. Well, that doesn't like a rabbit jump on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a rabbit right there. There's a rabbit. Because we're. <laughs> So weird. Oh no no! Somebody like somebody hits the ball into the woods or something. Right, yeah. right where she's at, and she's like, "Oh, it's you're, like you're... a fairy tale. It's like Snow White. She's in the woods. She's almost killed by the huntsman, and now she, you know, it's just a lot of another fairy tale thing. So yeah, it kind of ties Good that point. in. There's a lot of dark in fairy tales, and that that scene with the men. That's right. It's like a is like the huntsman. It's the so he literally is cutting down a tree. He's a, well, like, that's no, a whole that's other a guy. Lumberjack. That's, that's Ethan. But, yeah. yeah, I yeah. was just, yeah, okay. I was hoping the rabbit would talk. 
because we had so many tie-ins <laughs> to the other movies. And I'm like, if this rabbit talks, it's our talking cat tie-in. But I can only talk once. Yeah. <laughs> but I can only talk to you once. You're talking to a rabbit. <laughs> but, but, so they, so the rabbit wakes her up. But then, uh, I thought it was a baseball, but a softball comes rolling over, and she's falling asleep. <laughs> Just on the other side of like just the like park, with ten feet all the, away from the yeah, with all park. the baseball fields. <laughs> Which in the next shot, there's trees just lining the outfield. There's right, nothing it's... behind them, so I don't know where she was sleeping. <laughs> and she sees the the girls playing softball, and I think that's where she first sees Ethan, because yes. he's there perving on the girls. Well, and, no, 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 he's just he doing was, his job. He was doing he was the, just, he's the groundskeeper. He was just doing his thing. Yeah, so, was just... this is the thing. Ethan is probably played by an actor who's like 35, 36. He looks like he's definitely in his 30s. Yeah. This is a high school, not a college. Right. The girls are, you know, in their teens. They're younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Faye Dunaway, let's just do all the ages here. We're going <laughs> to... Uh, Faye Dunaway's older than... She's probably in her, I don't know, 40s at this point. Uh, you know, late yeah. 30s. Mid. She's... 40s, mid 40s, yeah, yeah, that's she's what she's definitely I would say. older than Ethan. She's twice his age, maybe, maybe uh, not quite, yeah, but you know, <laughs> mid 40s to maybe 50. So uh, this is kind of the schematic. So when there's these love scenes or moments of romance between this triangle, uh, their generation different. He was like the median age. He was the, the median age, and so he's this 35 year old man, and what you know. Helen Slater's like, character in real life she was 19 but right. her character is maybe 17 school, yeah. 16 17, yeah. so it is become a little weird uh, that he's in love with her and is following her around uh, and you know Faye Dunaway's you know cougaring up Ethan on the other end and so it just it's a little weird all over the place yeah okay so I agree with you in all respects except for um, he was under a spell when he falls in love with ah, that's fair with, enough. with the teenage girl. And also, she wasn't interested at all in the beginning. Right. She was like, what is going on? Yeah, That's so, true, but we do find out later, <laughs> after the, the, the nuts opened, that the spell's broken, right? That the spider's let out of the nut. <laughs> okay, can we explain that real quick? <laughs> Why don't you just without context? Go, go for it, Barrel. Okay, so... Selena, who everybody seems to know, but nobody actually... They all nobody, know her name. She's never introduced. It's just, oh, there's Selena the witch. Um, who lives at the amusement so, park. lives at the abandoned amusement park. Can, <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we just go on a tangent here? Just hold your yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selena, every time we see her, her hair is done up in these amazingly elaborate oh, yeah. hairstyles. These amazing costumes. She's well lit. It's like... Where does she find she's the time? Going to the mall. And where she's ready for her glam shots. It's just incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're always dressed like they're about to go out to the opera, right? Yeah. Well, then there's exactly. always like off-screen wind blowing right. her hair a little bit, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay, so love triangle. So she is a witch. Nigel, who we kind of mentioned, is like I think a more powerful, more seasoned magician. Yeah. He seems math to teacher. know more. Yeah. And he's also a math computer teacher, I think, mm-hmm. at the all By day school. and yeah, warlock, <laughs> warlock by night. Warlock by night. Yeah. Um, and also is kind of a chauvinist dude who's always hitting on women whenever yes. he has and a free moment. And he treats them like dirt. Like yeah, totally he does. does. Okay, totally. that's a sidebar of the sidebar. 
Um, so Selena obviously has a crush on Ethan because he's hot and that doing song. manly it's chores. The song. It is the saw. It's a it's a really impressive saw. Um, brought to you by Home Depot. Um, anyways, so she is going through her spell book. I need to make this guy fall in love with me. And to make the spell, she has to capture a spider, put it in a walnut deep fry it and then drip <laughs> some of the water into some or drip some of the oil into water which she then puts into what is it schlitz malt liquor schlitz malt liquor <laughs> after i don't know if, if he finds his way to her no weird. she called him she called, she the, called him okay she, she called, called his him. service because she needed some plants because there's a lot of house. a lot of gardening that needs to be done shows up at, at the abandoned, abandoned <laughs> amusement park yeah. her lair is where in the abandoned abandoned mu- abandoned fun abandoned house music. of the yeah, yes. the fun house. I yeah. wonder if she's renting it from the Joker. <laughs> so that so so this love potion is supposed to last what either one day or until that walnut is broken back open and, and the spider is the released. Spell. Yes, and the spider gets out. Yes. So I want right. to just mention I didn't say this while we were watching it, but a whole night goes by and a day goes by and he's still in love. Right, oh. a, a day goes by and yeah. he's still in love until the spider actually gets released. One so. of the coolest ice connections. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, we'll get to cool as ice. <laughs> There's a lot of movie tie-ins, completely unintentional. But if you've been following the podcast, yeah, if you watch this movie, you will notice little details that tie. I mean, we kept calling it the singularity right. of bad movies because. There were references all over the place. Yeah, they weren't intentional references. No, 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 no. They were just... We were putting them in there, yeah, obviously. We, but... Yeah. yeah. Yep. The, the green goo from uh, Troll to... Yep. Uh, Dry ice. Turns out the Phantom Zone is Nilbog. Yeah, yeah. Nilbog. <laughs> we were reading into a lot. Some of these yeah. movies were made after Supergirl was ever Most made. Most of them were. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so in fairness to Ethan, like he falls in love with the teenage girl because of... The spider nut potion. Yeah. But, but and, so the potion was poorly constructed. Yeah. He, instead of the first person he sees, it's like the 37th person he sees. <laughs> the first well, superhero he through he town for about 20 out. minutes. Let's talk about this scene where he's captured. <laughs> it's impressive. Okay. It's a pretty great scene. Yeah. So uh, Faye Dunaway's character casts a spell and she wants him to be brought, uh, Ethan's character, back to her lair. He somehow managed to get away. Well, but you know, but before he's like drugged, he stumbles I mean, out, he's stumbling, yeah. he's, he's, he's under yes. the influence. I mean, schlitzed. in the yeah, he's schlitz. <laughs> Absolutely, he gets he gets really Sponsored far away. Well, uh, you know, in and a few spiders. minutes time, and she wants to get him back so that he will see her first and fall in love with her. Well, he's in the middle of town now, and he's kind of walking around, and his eyes are closed, and uh, there is a forklift. And this forklift scene is, you know, the magic takes the forklift over. It's a, and starts, no, no, it's, it's, it's not a forklift. It's not a forklift. It's like a backhoe. Yeah. Uh, it's got a jaw. It's like a, a excavator with a yeah. jaw. Okay. Well, it's like a front loader a with front loader. Like, when a, like a claw hand. Yeah. Like a mouth. It's like yeah. a big mouth. Yeah. And it starts going on by itself and going after Ethan and it's de- tearing up the town in while, a slow speed chase. While Linda Lee and Lucy Lane and uh, Jimmy Olsen are Jimmy eating. Jimmy Olsen shows up there. Yeah. They're ha- on a, at they're, Popeyes. Uh, they're at, a, at Popeyes on a date. And so the, they're hanging out. and uh, But they notice out the window that he's getting captured. So this scene uh, was actually shot. And it took them 22 days to shoot. And even in the making days, of the yeah. movie uh, video, it, the d- director said that it you know, he took the stunts very seriously and they showed a scene where they had Ethan being chased by this forklift or whatever it is. Uh, 
you know, heavy armor, whatever, and uh, chasing around. And it took them 22 days to shoot this. A pretty elaborate scene. Yeah. A lot of destruction. It was well done. It was uh, a cool scene. Well yeah. timed. I, I mean, you got multiple cars ramming into each other. Uh, things moving tires around. Tires catching on fire. Piles tires, of tires rolling. Yeah, fire. Tire. All sorts of different stuff. And then Supergirl coming and rescuing and breaking apart and saving Ethan and pulling him away and all that kind of stuff. So it's very elaborate. It probably goes on for a good 10 minutes of yeah. the movie. Um, it was fun. Really, yeah. Yeah, really good cool. production well, value. Well, it's kind of a classic Superman thing. Well, that yeah. universe, right? Where there's like... I'm, I'm trying to Everything remember. is out of control. Everything's breaking and, down. Yeah. So he's like, hmm, I got to prioritize what, what am I, I going to do. How am I going to handle yeah. all this? So I got to use my super speed. I got to use my yep. super punch. I got to use my freeze breath, whatever, right? Yep. And so so I want to take a, just a quick sidestep here because this is a great place where we could talk about... Um, you know, in Superman, both the comics and the movies, when uh, Clark Kent is needed, or when Superman is needed, Clark Kent, uh, he runs into a phone booth, changes, takes off his Clark <laughs> right. Kent clothes, puts on his, or he has his yeah. Superman clothes underneath usually, yeah. right? But he can do it even really fast. But he uh, changes his clothes, and then Superman comes out, right? Well, uh, what's her name? Cara. Cara. No, but what's her? Linda Lee. Linda Lee. Oh, Linda, Linda Lee. Linda yeah. Lee in her little schoolgirl outfit. Uh, she can just, like, <laughs> there's one shot where she walks behind a tree. And she on she one like side, she's in her school yeah. schoolgirl outfit. As soon as she steps out, she's in Supergirl outfit. And then she walks through like three, yeah, three trees. Yeah, three trees. Little by little, little by little, she she changes, right? And then she getting these clothes. In this one, one, she just—I mean, at least she runs into the bathroom, I guess, when she starts. But when she changes back, she comes into like a big drainage pipe, lands in the drainage pipe, flies in as Supergirl, and then walks out as Linda Lee, Lee, all in one motion. And it's like, whoa. That's a power Superman doesn't have. Well, in other scenes, she's literally flying out a window, right? And you like see her like (laughs) half clothed as Linda Lee and half clothed as Supergirl until she flies out the window, and then she's all Supergirl, but that's that fast. And I feel like we should point out that Linda Lee has brown hair. That's right. Supergirl has blonde hair, much longer, much longer blonde hair. hair. Yes. So that's even more impressive. Well, well the does, glasses thing was taken. She doesn't have glasses, so <laughs> right. yeah, she has something else to, you know, mess up the <laughs> mess up the alternate ego. Yeah, and also, you know, just in a continuation of the Superman-related theme, Superman wears his underwear on the outside, and Linda Lee wears her bra on the outside. <laughs> in a couple least, scenes, at least which, in one scene, yeah. she's just, trying to I mean, figure it just out ties how to... the universe together. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's a scene where they're in the dormitory. <laughs> Sorry, and not much to go She just kind of randomly puts on a bra. It's like she's never seen one before, and play, putting stuff in it and just playing with it. And over her, over her clothes. Over yeah. her yeah. clothes. Just over her jacket and it just her seems... shirt and her jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know I mentioned this before. This is uh, one thing that is very different between this and Cool as Ice. Is you know in Cool as Ice, uh, Vanilla Ice changes his outfit like a million times yeah. right in this there's only two outfits for her she's got either her uh schoolgirl outfit or her super girl costume right which is right. actually pretty realistic for the time that she's there she yeah. I mean, she didn't take any luggage with her yeah right what's the mcguffin called again the omega hedron okay so because it had that fancy name duh for some reason 
in my head, it just kept taking me back to Transformers, the movie, the animated one from 1986. I believe it's 1986. That, that uh, you know, uh, spoiler alert, I guess anybody who has not seen it, Optimus Prime, he doesn't make it. And uh, What? And But he he wants to give Ultra Magnon the sphere of leadership or whatever it's called, whatever the MacGuffin is in that movie. Yeah. They accidentally give it to Hot Rod. And so for some reason, I keep going back to that in my head because of the fancy name of the MacGuffin in this movie. So when the front loader thing starts driving itself, I was like, oh, is this a Transformer? <laughs> <laughs> and even though I knew in my head that they, there's no tie-in to a Transformers movie, but because I had that in my head, I kept thinking that, oh, this front loader, maybe it's one of those construction... Constructicons, or what do they call them? Yeah, yeah that's what funny. What was made first, vanilla ice or... Oh, this was before everything we watched. Yes, this is, yeah. 19, this is 1984. Vanilla ice was 1991, I yeah. believe. That's yeah. where he got his move. That's right, the coconut. Yeah. So we've talked, we... to, we've talked about the production value. We've talked about some of the acting. Uh... The dialogue. What, oh, what, what were you? One of my favorite parts of the dialogue. Thank you for bringing that up. So, because we just we just finished the scene, the scene where he, she where Supergirl saves Ethan from the f- maniacal front uh, front, front loader, loader. from the front loader. Yeah. yeah. And so Faye Dunaway has a magic mirror. That's how she's doing all the stuff. She never really leaves the funhouse. Has she left it? Oh, she's on the picnic at the beginning. But yeah. uh, she so, gets driven around occasionally. It's yeah. just another reference yeah, she, to this, to you know fairy tales, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So she's got the magic mirror, and so, and I. It's much like if we're watching TV. She's yelling at the screen. So Supergirl opens the front loader thing, and then Faye Dunaway is like, <laughs> "Don't look at her." <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> well, this, is, this is before she's really good at magic. She's still trying to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I had that thought. I'm like, well, this Bracken can can attest to this. Like, there were several times in the movie where I was like, ugh, because of the dialogue. <laughs> right. Yeah. The dialogue yeah. was not good. They, they could have done a little bit better. Yeah. On, on the game is up, Selena. And right. Now I am really upset. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hi, Selena. Uh, some really great uh, yeah. deliveries. So uh, there was a, uh, I don't know what you call it. It's kind of like a a, a device that um, we need to know what Selena's thinking, right? And so she has a henchman with her the whole time. Henchwoman. Henchwoman. Hench Bianca, I think is her name. Yes. Uh, and I, going through it, I honestly believe that this is, uh, somebody who is imaginary and in her head because Bianca does not talk to anyone else but Selena. I and think she talks to Nigel one time when he comes. Oh, when does he, she? When he comes to the door. But you know what? In the sixth sense, so does Bruce Willis's character. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Nobody responds. Though. So there's some sort of that's right. There's some sort of weird cocktail party. That's right. That they have at the. the The real question is, did Nigel talk back? That's that's true. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. He's a warlock, though. He can see dead people. That's right. <laughs> listeners, but, listeners, watch it and let us know. So it was like, Bianca, her role was there to let Faye Dunaway talk about what her plans are and what she's going to do. And then all she did the whole time was, all Bianca did the whole time was make these stupid remarks, like little quips about everything that's going on. Like she didn't take anything seriously and, and 
are you telling me it's this? We're like, well, who, who are you talking to? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, we also commented during the movie. She's, again, with all things kind of parallel to Superman. Right. Lex Luthor's dopey girlfriend. Yeah. You know, that kind of same kind of corollary bringing that over. Right. Exactly. That's, yeah. Only Lex Luthor's girlfriend was real. <laughs> I was worried she was going to spontaneously combust because all she did was drink. And, and smoke. smoke. Yeah. And she yep. was wearing lo- which looked like very flammable draperies. That's right. The entire time. Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about the special effects? I'm waiting for the kiss. I uh, I thought they were okay for the for the time the movie we'll was well, the, for the time the movie was made. I thought the special effects were fine. I, yeah. I mean, it was very 1984 special effects. I mean, there was the the lightning bolt kind of thing where she uh gathers up lightning she gathers up lightning up oh, with the lightning rod thing and then makes bit. yeah it's like hand animated and stuff but you saw that in movies around that time all the time like i right. feel like i've seen it it's in poltergeist it's in uh ghostbusters it's in all kinds of those movies kind of like you know, in back to the future so before too. we get back to, to that, the future though, right same kind of thing like let's talk about that cool shadow monster like that whole the first sequence leading monster, up to that yeah, yeah. was actually really yeah, those cool. Are, those practical effects were really cool. It was yeah. yeah. So they in the middle of the movie, there's uh, she's back at the school and uh, Selena is sending the what the ghost creature shadow the, the monster. shadow, shadow monster, monster after the wimp back at yeah. Uh, yeah the wimp which is the alternate character of uh, Supergirl Linda Lee Linda Lee and yeah. what happens so it gets released kind of blows a cartoon hole in her door like perfectly right. spherical. Um, but then you see kind of just this menace moving through the darkness and you don't know what it is. Yeah. And at first it looks just kind of like there's a gust of wind kind of going, but stuff's slowly getting moved out of the way. It's like the, the velociraptors in Jurassic Park kind going of. through the, the yeah. field you where you start seeing yeah. shrubbery and stuff kind of moving out of the way and as trees get, As it gets closer down. to the school though, yeah. I thought it was really impressive. Like trees are getting pushed out of the way, like. Brick there were a lot of really cool practical effects of yeah. like ground getting smashed. It's progressive too. It's moving forward yeah. and knocking the wall down. That was really cool. Yeah, crushes that car. Crushes the car as it goes there. But you can absolutely feel this big yeah. beast. I thought that, that was you so can't cool. See. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really cool. And even when you see it later in the movie, I think they did a good job because it looks kind of like a ghost. Menacing. Right, yeah. Kind of like a dragon. I mean, it was... It was still somewhat it's ill defined. It's cartoonish now. But it was still but right. it was still kind of ill defined, so you still have to imagine what it's doing. Right. It, which you I, never yeah. see it really clearly, which adds some spookiness to it. Right. And right. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me of some of the effects from or the I guess the tone from uh, something wicked this way comes, which yes. is always kind of a frightful movie and, and that kind of fall air, you know. Uh, leaves blowing through and yep. and you're looking out the window and something's coming towards you and, and it gets you and it's that, that same kind of thing. Pretty cool. Okay, great. Um, any, let's see, I know Danny wanted to talk about the kiss or the <laughs> This is the, the coconut vanilla scene. ice moment, yeah. right? <laughs> so can we talk about like what leads up to that, right? Sure. So initially, she's on mission. She right. has a very specific, her people. She's going to get, people, we're going to die people, in a few the days. The only people left in her entire civilization and culture is on this planet or whatever it is. The They're inner space. City <laughs> yeah, our, inner space. Yeah, Argo City and Argo inner city. space. Is, yeah, which is her at the bottom of a lake. Her parents are there, all of her, everyone she's ever known. Yep. Yeah, so culture. she's got her, her Fitbit watch that helps her find the, Boat ice cousin. what is it? The Omega Hedron. Omega Hedron. Omega Hedron. <laughs> and she seems pretty devoted to find it you know she's yep. obviously on a mission 
And then she gets distracted. Like, I still don't fully understand why she went to school. Like, how that helps her yeah. she, find she was, it. Yeah, she starts off kind of go, by night, flying through the city. Looking around. Looking that's, at that's night, right, yeah. looking at her watch. Because, I don't know, maybe it's hard to see at, during the day maybe. <laughs> yeah, when right. it's blinking. Because yeah. it blink, as, as she gets closer to the Megahedron, it blinks. And, you know, it's yeah. kind of gets hot and cold kind of a thing. So, after, the, after she rescues Ethan... Um, and the voodoo magic, whatever, is put on him. And they have a little moment like, oh, who coy, whatever. And then they kind of part ways. And then, so then she, is this at, right after she fights the demon thing, right? Yeah, so she, yeah, and then she goes so she, to so the then, music yeah, park. Yeah, so then she's like, okay, I guess I'll go searching for the Omega Hedron. Right. And so she fo- she follows her watch thing to the, the creepy carnival place. And this is where Ethan follows her. Because he's, you know, bewitched, yeah. right? He's got candy and flowers. Candy and yep. flowers. And um, so this is when Selena, well, they, I, I think she's been watching her the whole time yeah, through, through her, mirror, her mirror TV. And she yeah. kind of busts out. And then there's kind of like this whole thing where she's punishing. Well, so they're going to have a heart to heart. So they get in the tilt-a-whirl. Right. Yes. And then. Ethan, so, Ethan and Linda. Yeah. yeah. Ethan then, and Linda, right. It, you know, they. Um, then they <laughs> <laughs> and then Selena comes out and. Magics the tilt a roll to a crazy speed, stupid fast, yeah, yeah. neck breaking, and uh, well, but then we see it's just Ethan, the the wimp is gone, and now Supergirl appears behind them, you right. know, in her whatever superhero pose, and says something, you know, like yeah. the jig is up, Selena, whatever. She does the introduction where she says her name, for, and I'm from... I'm Kara L from Krypton, yeah, yeah. daughter parents, of... I, daughter of whatever. I need the yeah. Omega Hedron, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they have a little bit of a battle. Kara, you know, whatever, entraps Selena in some... Iron bar or something. Yeah. yeah. And then, meanwhile... <laughs> so... so so you remember those death traps at, at amusement parks called bumper cars? Um, somehow he ends up on the floor of a Selena, bumper car. Selena links him, teleports him back to the floor of a bumper car. And so he I, initially, I get it. He's on the ground, like they're coming at him. Like, yeah, it'll give him a bruise, but right. he ultimately ends up in one of the bumper cars. And it, this this is the point out. where where Kara's like, I gotta rescue Ethan. He's, in this bumper car and so she picks up the whole instead of just like hey maybe get up and walk off she picks up the whole car and lifts it through the ceiling which somehow knocks him out right and then she flies him like 50 miles away out to the wilderness out of the wilderness and kind of has like is making googly eyes at him no the whole time she's flying she's, she's resting like, her head on yeah, his shoulder yeah. so they end up on the beach and he wakes up, right? And he's he like, wakes up, and then all of a sudden you and a coconut comes flying out of the sky. Hits him on the head. Cracks him on the head and knocks him out. So I know I, I know I know Nate really liked his saw, but to be fair, Eric Eric is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Ethan. Ethan. Oh, sorry, Ethan. Yeah, yeah he's not Eric. Oh, yeah. Ethan is well, not the sharpest tale. knife. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's he's not that smart, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you want to? I mean, I know you love cool as ice. Do you want to talk about the the coconut water and how it was such an amazing scene? So, so he gets beamed by the coconut. We don't know what it is. 
because it, you think it's a rock. Yeah, initially. you think it's like a giant stone or something. But then it cuts back to Faye Dunaway, and she exposition dumps about how she can't teleport him back with her magic, but she can throw she can throw a coconut with, with <laughs> in point, point accuracy. Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such is the plot devices in this movie. <laughs> so Supergirl breaks open the coconut. And I think Callan Slater does a really good job of like not knowing what a coconut is. Yep. She, yeah, breaks it in half. Breaks it in half. She dips her fingers in for the coconut milk uh-huh. and tastes it. And then she's like, oh, I should give some to him. And <laughs> she totally <laughs> ice scenes from Vanilla Ice the coconut water into... With her fingers. With her fingers. Trips into his mouth you know, cool as ice style yeah <laughs> it was like a little bit of mac and me and a little bit of cool as ice like, right there was the coke coconut water <laughs> right the coke oh nut water that and the finger that brought the oh, old uh, eric ethan oh, back thought, to life I, I thought you were gonna say she tapped him on his eyeball because i didn't see that <laughs> that was in the american release we watched the international release <laughs> There was no coke. Did we talk about the product placement? We didn't. Okay, so um, so the Superman franchise, the Ilya and Alexander Salkin, they uh, even back to the beginning with Superman the movie, uh, it is clear that they take any opportunity to make some money uh, with the production, and I don't blame them. Right, it's their yeah, money. Yeah. Um, you, you can see in the very first Superman movie, there's Cheerios and among other things, Superman. KFC. Superman 2's got uh, cigarettes that are prominently displayed in, in the fight mm-hmm. scene with Zod. And Superman 3's got uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, uh, Popeye's Chicken is prominently seen in the in the town. They go and eat there. It's and the only restaurant. It's yeah. constantly mm-hmm. in the background. Yep. Uh, and then multiple times we see A&W uh, in vending machines, on T-shirts. T-shirts, all over the place. I think they we saw get, Frosted were, Flakes at one point. Yep. I think there was even Schlitz. A, a cheer. Schlitz. Yep. Uh, was it cheer uh, yep. fabric softener right. in the dorm and among other things? There was a TWA, TWA uh, radio oh, commercial yeah. that we hear almost the whole commercial. It's not as blatant as Mac and Me, but <laughs> no, it's no, no, pretty. It's not. Yeah. But it's you do see NW quite a bit, and you start mm-hmm. to recognize that it's, oh, yeah, this is not a coincidence. I was surprised that... Uh, one of the rapey the guys, guys was wearing yeah. an A&W shirt. It's yeah, awesome. typically you don't you, want you, 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 you think you don't want your, on the your, villain. your product, yeah. your product <laughs> associated with that. Yeah, Max Headroom is wearing A&W. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. let's let's just talk about this because you mentioned the American version of the yeah. film. The film that we watched is is referred to as the international cut, which was I think this was the original cut that the uh, that uh, Geno Swark put together directed right and then uh after screening it they felt like it was too long so they cut out uh oh and we can talk about those the companies uh, involved but uh they cut it down to 105 minutes i think so this one is 130 124 124 minutes they cut it down to 105 minutes they just trimmed i was reading a thing about what they trimmed and it, it seems like they just trimmed a bunch of scenes like they didn't uh cut any meat of it it's just there like I mean, they there made were, the ballet there was plenty stuff of scenes they could have cut down yeah the, yeah the whole ballet scene got shortened and things like that the so. director's cut was actually even longer than the version right. we saw it was like 130 the original minutes, snyder cut which i right. believe you can see on blu-ray okay. today if you yeah if you find a copy 
So yeah, they released the shorter version in the United States and this longer version internationally. And then uh, when it was released on home video, then it was always the longer versions after that. So I don't even know if you could see the American version anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it exists. Um, but, okay, so the company's involved. Uh, as as with all DC things, it's uh, DC is owned by Warner Media, uh, the parent company to Warner Brothers. And so they own the rights to the distribution and creation of all things DC, uh, which is even today, that's the way it is, you know. Um, and they made... Warner Brothers distributed the uh, the Superman movies, uh, most of them, uh, and then they had the opportunity to distribute this one as well. But the Salkinds wanted it to come out for the holidays, and uh, Warner Brothers wanted to release it in the summer, and the Salkinds wouldn't budge. Uh, and really, th- this is a thing that a lot of people don't understand. Um, in this case. The studio did not pay for this. The Salkinds paid for this. This movie was made through their own financing. And so even though it was Warner Brothers property, they didn't pay for it. So the Salkinds had a lot of leverage, you know. And so they're like, we're not going to, you know, we don't want it released at this time. So Warner Brothers said, okay, we're not going to release it. Uh, And they released NeverEnding Story instead in its place. Um, And it just wasn't going to be released, but then... TriStar picked it up, and TriStar is owned by Sony. Uh, they picked it up and uh, released it in the holiday season, right? So this movie with a budget of thirty-five million dollars, how much did it make domestically? I think it makes like fourteen million. Fourteen million. Yeah. I searched Ouch. everywhere for uh, international numbers, and they don't exist. Like, uh, I don't know if they didn't keep track of that kind of thing, or if the market wasn't that big. Nowadays, international film release is a, is the majority of the money. But I can tell you, just this is within the last 15 years that it's been the case. It used to be that international money was much, much smaller than domestic. So I don't know if they ever didn't report it, but even Box Office Mojo doesn't have it. So I don't know. I believe this is the only movie, I could be wrong, that, that is a DC pro- property that wasn't released. Or is there one other? Uh, other? That wasn't released by, by Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because even, the even Superman one. 4, even though it was created by the Canon Group, yes. Warner Brothers distributed it. So yes. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think that they could have probably had a little bit better clue because Superman 3 did not... It did fine, yeah. but it didn't do as well as 1 and 2. Right. And they could have probably seen the writing on the wall that the Superman you know, brand... Uh, was kind of on waning mm-hmm. and, and you know, unless they fix some of the the issues you know no one's going to want to go see these movies and, yeah. and sequels were not well received after you get to the threes and the fours right. or spinoffs yeah. um, but at the same time this is the very first uh, superhero movie starring a woman yeah right the first one ever 1984 yeah and when was the next one uh, well, probably Catwoman. Catwoman. 2004? Yeah. 2006? I think it's 2004. Well, another thing I read, too, was it was kind of one of the first expanded universe kind of things. Because there really wasn't, right. like, like the MCU is just something everybody knows about now. You know, it's now. like Iron Man and Ant-Man and Black Widow and everybody's tied together and there's a super massive 
story, but like that that wasn't done. But I mean, Superman in general, these were the <clears> only <throat> superhero movies really for a very long time. I mean, there were the 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 Batman the Batmans that came out, but they yeah. came out, you know, eighty nine. Yeah, at the end of the eighties. I was really impressed with the re- research I did because I had learned I didn't know that these movies were all planned out, but my first understanding was that Superman three was going to have the very first appearance of Supergirl. And it was the first script was going to have Brainiac, and yeah. it was going to be really interesting storyline. And Supergirl was going to make an appearance, and then that would help uh, the her Transition. veer off into her own spinoff. Right. But uh, the storyline just got changed with Richard Lester and all the production, and that's a whole other story. Right. It just didn't quite work out. But the the Salkins were really planning a universe, and they had they weren't just looking uh, looking at the next movie they were making; they were looking two or three movies ahead. Right. Which and was they, really impressive. Yeah, they really like valued the the franchise. Yeah. You know, uh, when I first was learning about the Salkins, I was like, you know, there were these guys who were just going to get a quick cat. Yeah, these yeah. random guys I've never heard of. Uh, though it turns out that their their family has been in film Forever. in the film business from the very beginning, from the silent films and stuff. So they have a long history, and then they're they get the rights to all of the Superman stuff. And they really take it seriously. I mean, they make questionable decisions as things go on, but you know, they had good intentions. It was never, hey, let's just keep. They respected the franchise, right? Yeah. So after this movie, it you know, it bombs. They lose money on it. They mm-hmm. basically realize they're done with it. Mm-hmm. They they're going to, uh, they sell the rights. I believe what they do is they they gear towards Superboy the television series and they produce that, mm-hmm. but they kind of give up the movie rights going forward. Yeah. So, um, you know, this story to be continued, if we return to I'm this, sure that this we will land, uh, this universe in the future, but, uh, that's kind of where this drops off for, for Supergirl. Yeah. This won't be the, the end of the Superman franchise for the podcast, but <laughs> it will be the end of Supergirl. <laughs> yes, it will. They, they were planning on having for you know future sequels to bring her back, but it kind of has a nice resolution where she leaves and goes back to Argo City, and that's it. You know, Lake Michigan. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Lake Michigan. Yeah. yeah, I believe one of the taglines was something like "Her Adventure Begins" or yes. something like that. I mean, they insinuated from the beginning that they expected to do more Supergirl the films. Third movie that's been like. There will be a sequel. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't know that a super was set up though. Like Mac and me, they literally said a, we'll be back. Right. right. Yeah. And plant and Battlefield, Battlefield Earth, Earth was. You, you definitely they were kind of setting up for. Uh, they totally I, left. I mean, there yeah. was there was really nothing that like <clears throat> finished this. This is a comic book world, right? She she goes back. The lights come back on, even though she's been gone longer than a few days. Everyone supposedly is alive still when she gets back, and. That leaves it open enough that any story could happen beyond there, right? I mean, it doesn't close any doors. It doesn't open a door. Like, there's no cliffhanger kind of thing or, like, hey, what's going to happen next? But it does leave doors open. I mean, it does leave the possibility to open new doors if they want. Yeah, I, I guess with the benefit of us being you know, 30 years down the road, like we, yeah. know there, we know there's not another one, so right. it just didn't even come <laughs> yeah. to our... Didn't even, right. I think there was a deleted scene or a scene that was written that wasn't shot, I'm not sure which, that where Nigel's you know, going back to the that, the box that was holding the Omega Hedron at mm-hmm. the end, and you know, who knows. Um, oh, so it would be... Anyway, yeah. it, it's not in the movie, that, the version that we saw, but 
any any uh, parting thoughts? Is anything any scenes I'm missing that we missed that we should talk about? Uh, I I just wanted to make some observations that, uh, or one observation when Selena uh, takes over and builds her castle on the mountain that she's being driven around by Daft Punk. <laughs> <laughs> These guys in big girls. <laughs> I don't understand that either. Like big she's helmets. all about like skulls and witchcraft, and then she hires like <laughs> these guys all in future cops. Yeah, riding around in motorcycle helmets, sweet old yeah. Rolls Royce with Daft Punk yeah. driving the car. Yeah, she's got generic stormtroopers with black helmets. And yeah, yeah. I think you just call that the castle from Acrobat, right? I mean, Acrobat Castle. Yeah, pretty much it is. is. Yeah, and the Omega Hedron should always be referred to as Omega Hedron Conqueso. Yes, because (laughs) that's how she found it in her queso dip. Or Corey, who is the cousin of Bodai. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Deep cut there. This movie was not well received. Uh, No. Tomato meters, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it at nine percent. Oh wow. Uh, audience score twenty six percent. See, I don't think that that's fair. Really, I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. Oh, you know, let's talk uh, about that. I think so we're I was, at that yeah. point, right? I was a little creeped out by the. There's a lot of weird stuff. Of, I was creeped out Poor by decisions. the by the girls' school, yeah, yeah, shower scene, which we didn't talk about. I don't want to talk about, but like right. the shower scene, the girls running around. I mean, I mean, it was the eighties. It was the eighties, right. but it was just like. It was creepy. There was no nudity. In no, the no, movie. no. It's no. very wholesome. Yeah, but, but it yeah. did seem like a weird. But it inclusion. just—it was just weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. It, yeah, I guess we're used to the way things are now. Right. So see, like, it, but so I mean, that was a little that creeped me out. Also, but, a thirty-five-year-old man falling in love with a seventeen-year-old right. high school. He was the median because you know oh. they talk about the six-dimensional. <laughs> ge- they did six never say his math. age, but right. we—he just looks. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a. He's got a good. Constantly has like a very dark stubble. Yeah. <laughs> shadow. <Yes. laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of plot holes. It was. Yeah. There was. There were a number of things that were just kind of. So strange. What do you guys think about sh- watching it? Like, should do you recommend it? I would say yes. Okay. I had fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like, again, some of them we watched and it's just painful to watch and while we have fun watching it because of company, I would say like, I honestly had fun with this. Like I could watch this again again with my kids yeah, and they would enjoy it. And they'd be like, what is this dad? This is garbage. But (laughs) like, we would have fun watching it, Yeah, you know? And you know, I think Supergirl herself, she's like, I think she did a great job. Like there's a lot of things to like about it. The music's good. Like I think the individual pieces there's a lot of individual good pieces. It yeah. was assembled in a very weird way. Yeah. It was the way that I would put it. Kind of less than the sum of its parts. Yes. Yeah. I feel exactly. I'm in line with you. I really enjoyed it. I think it's great. I think it's worth watching. Um, what about you? So I think the, I mean, Faye Dunaway aside, uh, I think the performances were all good. <laughs> like we mentioned Helen Slater. She did, yeah. uh, Jimmy Olsen was good. Mm-hmm. The uh, Lucy Lane Yep. Good. Nigel. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really I do feel like if it was better written, you have like a hit movie. Because yeah. I mean, everyone was very dedicated. Was very dedicated. It was good. I mean, I would definitely I would definitely watch it. I mean, my daughters love the TV show. Yeah. And I think that they would. I think that they, and, and it is written for little girls. You know, a lot of sort of. <laughs> and so yeah, I, I definitely I definitely recommend the, watching this one. It was fun. 
Again, I, I loved it as a kid. I think there are some slower spots. Maybe they could have trimmed a few scenes from, or a few minutes from uh, some of the scenes to make it move a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're watching the American version, uh, 106 minutes, I'm sure it's going to, it's going to move a, a little bit better, but uh, you know, good stuff in here. A lot of stuff to make fun of, enjoy, laugh. Um, you know, don't think too much about it. Next time yeah. I, I'll mic up, but I just have to say that I really did appreciate the sets, the statues, the yeah. really the statues. I just loved. Um, they were. What beautiful. did you like about the statues, I, I just Danny? The, the the form and the grace of them were just really good the set design was amazing so it, it was the great. whole production design was 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 well done but yeah it is, i think no i mean it is it is like this all of the individual parts were great it was just it was very poorly assembled and really weird choices in a few places but mm -hmm. generally it was entertaining and fun so where on the spectrum we've watched several movies yeah. now uh where? So, yeah, where on the spectrum? You guys want to look at it? I've got a picture of our spectrum. If you want to see it, you can follow us on Instagram at BMWR Podcast or Twitter at BMWR Podcast. And uh, you can follow along on the spectrum. But where are you guys, where would you put it? So, okay, so here's the spectrum. I'll just tell you the spectrum right now. So right now we have... Um, <laughs> Troll 2. This is on the Watch It in side. The far Watch It spectrum. Most liked. To yep, most then we liked. have Mac and Me. Uh, then we have Cool as Ice. And then there's other movies. Oh, there's Battlefield Earth <laughs> on the far right spectrum. I'm not going to spoil the other movies because they haven't been <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I guess they've no, been they released at this now. point. <laughs> Shoot, sorry. We're recording um, this in advance. Yeah. So <laughs> at just on the left side, on the, the Watch It side, is a talking cat. And then just on the no side is Solar Babies. So yeah. our two extremes are Battlefield Earth and the don't watch it unless you're punishing somebody. And <laughs> Troll 2 on the watch it if you've got a few minutes. Yeah. Personally, I would put this at Cool as Ice or maybe just on the right side of Cool as Ice. Because it was, I, I think I had more fun and just like hilarious wackiness. You know, at least for our spectrum. It was, as in terms of a bad movie, it was bad, but... Yeah, it. I, I would say it was not as fun for me as Cool as Ice. What about you, Becky? Uh, that sounds about right. I mean, I watched this many times, yeah. and you know, I think Cool as Ice is it's a little bit more special with the dialogue <laughs> than this. So I'd probably put it just to the right of Cool as Ice. I'd, I'd see it more. You know, it's definitely better than um, a Talking Cat, which um, I'd probably only recommend seeing once. Yeah. But I could see. I've seen this movie multiple times. I just watched it. Right before the podcast yesterday with, with, you know, my daughters and just get the reactions and things like that. So, yep. Nate? Yeah, well, I mean, part of me feels like I need to stand up for a talking cat since it was my suggestion. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I think that it fills that gap between a talking cat and cool as ice quite nicely. Yeah. Um, you know, and who knows, down the road we might. Right. Think, you know, Shift. Minds might change. But, yeah. I mean, it was definitely a fun one to watch. Um. Oh, ben, ben. Yeah, I was just gonna say I kind of, uh, I'm kind of uh, debating which side of Cool as Ice it goes on. Um, it could fall directly on either side. I mean, it's it's pretty good. Uh, part of me likes it more than Cool as Ice simply because I really like comic books and that kind of 
film. And I feel like those are more rewatchable to me. Um, more rewatchable than Cool as Ice. Whereas Cool as Ice, I feel like I could watch, you know, maybe not once a year. <laughs> but... so, so take your bad movies where its reviews hat off. Like, okay. I would say, this is okay. where I put it where I put it. Because, yeah. like, in terms of our spectrum... Yeah, yeah. It's not bad enough to be good enough. Do you know what I, I mean? Yeah. It's that, just like I think that's I enjoyed it enough, true. but it wasn't bad enough. It wasn't to push bad it enough. Higher, if that makes sense. That's it wasn't excellent. Enough. You've convinced me. Yes, that's <laughs> a, that's right. It, it was just a little bit too good to be bad enough to be good enough. So perfect. Perfect. So yes, on the right side of cool as ice. Okay. All right. I uh, you know we or I had thought I don't know if we've ever talked about like if we ever filmed this like for our YouTube channel, like right. watching it tonight would have been the night because when the coconut water scene happened, <laughs> this room went nuts. Like, it was crazy. It was, I mean, if this table was set up, someone would have overturned if it. If you've seen eight mile when Eminem blows up the, the club, that's what it was like in here. I mean, it was nuts. Danny was up like marching around laughing and we're all like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And we're like, yeah. It's like like <laughs> totally, watching somebody yeah. score a goal or something. I <laughs> actually stood up and threw both fists in the air. I was so excited. Well, I felt like there were a number of scenes that you were predicting that would happen, like with the bar, with the bra on the outside. Yeah, and, and yeah. Like you were talking about totally oh, what's going to happen next, and then that thing would actually happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and they weren't normal things that you would predict they no, were just I, crazy I, like, I was honestly thinking things. i was like what's the most absurd thing that could happen right now i know she's gonna try and put on a training bra over her over her jacket oh hey look at that she did okay um like just the weirdest things uh, i might be part french maybe i don't yeah. know like, i need to do my genealogy well, bar l sounds french yes it does <laughs> So do we, baguette. Do we have any other housekeeping before we uh, finish up? If you have any suggestions, listeners out there, for any future movies that you want us to cover, go ahead and email us at bmwrpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or if we, you just want to say hi. Yeah, say hi. Leave us if, a note, if you hate anything. the podcast, please don't email us. <laughs> if you love the podcast, please tell your friends. Leave yes. a review. Subscribe. Smash that like button. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bad movies worse reviews. Bad movies worse reviews. Oh, yeah. Ugh, that was terrible. Can we fix that in post?